Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a proud production of ITM Media. Good day, everyone out there at Rambling About Racing Nation. It's finally happening. It's been a long time coming, I think, since a year and maybe three months. Look who's in the studio. Old Preston Lou. There's the camera right there, oh, there buddy. There it is. You remember what's up, man. What's going on, buddy? How's how's life? And life is fine. Life is good. Good. It's good. It's good, good, man. This was kind of an audible here because you were supposed to be remote. Yes. And unfortunately we had some technical issues i said Darn that technology and, well, and then i said i was just joking yeah you said hey man well how about we just how about you just come over in studio and i said <laughs> you didn't have to ask me twice <laughs> okay yeah and you just came right over yeah, in your car now unfortunately we are changing out the roof here in, in the oh, old okay, household yeah. and now i i did warn you now you're scared about nails well first of all when i pulled up uh, I went to call you, and you knocked on the window, and you scared the crap out of me there. I did. And then you said, oh, hey, uh, yeah, by the way, they're redoing the roof, so there's probably nails everywhere. And I was like, what? what? And there, in fact, were there nails There were nails everywhere. everywhere. Uh, so hopefully on the drive home, I don't hear the, you know, do, 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 do. Oh, that would be Well, just one. give me That's a call. Word. We'll do a pit stop. We'll do a pit stop on the <laughs> road. Sure, man. we can do that. Why not? <laughs> it, 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 it'll be fun. I got a cordless impact. It'll be fun. You'll be fine. Yeah, it'd be kind of uh, Xfinity pit stop because I, I have five lug nuts. It'll not be one. Xfinity pit stop. Exactly. <laughs> so. It'll be great. Unfortunately, Charlie Herc is and Austin Reeves going to join us today because they're getting ready for their upcoming race this weekend, the opening race from South Alabama Speedway. Wow. The Rattler weekend, the a big late model race coming up here. And so unfortunately, Charlie and Austin cannot be joining us tonight here at the IT or remotely right. from Alabama. But however, the OG crew is here. Charlie and Austin aren't. But Preston Lude, Matt Beamer, OG, rambling about racing, or above your head to the left there, buddy. In the marbles. Ah, uh, yes. In the marbles. Not in the marbles anymore. The OG. The OG crew. This I remember doing this weekly during COVID and everything like that. And you and 
even during the off season, what are we going to talk about? Yeah. And mm-hmm. it was just months struggle. of, it was a struggle. And then racing season happened and it was easy. Yeah, of course. And then all of a sudden you said, I'm not, I'm not joining you anymore. I feel like you need to play like a sad song right now. <laughs> I, I don't know where the sad violin is, but it's okay. It's okay. I, I'm, I'm glad you're here, man. I'm hope everyone's doing well out there, whether you're on your regular podcast platform or YouTube. Now that we're kicking it on YouTube here, it, it's a uh, episode 164. Really? Episode 164 oh of God. Rambling About Racing. I've been to every single one of them. How about you, buddy? <laughs> I'm not, I can't say the same. <laughs> and I'm just busting your chops there, man. I know you have a life outside of here. And just hoping Charlie and Austin there in South Alabama has a good run to make it worth their wild so we could talk to them. Maybe yeah. they'll win. Maybe. Hopefully. I'm glad everyone's doing well. Hope you, I'm well. I'm glad you're doing well. Hope everyone out there is doing well. I'm glad to, I'm used to saying hope everyone is doing well. Saying you know with Charlie and Austin here, it, it, it's a vicious cycle. It is, but hey, here I am. <laughs> here's Preston. <laughs> here I am. Here's Preston. Out of everybody, here's Preston. Don't worry, everybody at home can can sleep easy tonight we, we or whenever hear. you listen to this podcast if you're sleeping during the day hopefully it's not while you're driving or anything like that either so yeah don't sleep during yeah, don't sleep and drive yeah don't sleep and drive i yeah. highly this has been a uh public service announcement that's right you're one and only public service announcement. that's right i'm not good at giving psrs psas <laughs> sorry yes it's a psr i don't know i don't know that's what a, a psr question. is <laughs> It's going to be one of those nights. I have a feeling it's going to be one of those nights. So if you're joining us on YouTube, watching us, have fun. Leave a like and comment. If you're even watching, listening to us on your regular podcast platform, rate us. Sure. That give would us help. a five-star review. Yeah, give us a five-star. Come on. We're not on Yelp yet, but. You no, know, we're not going to be on Yelp, I feel. <laughs> no. I, don't, I don't ever think we'll ever be on Yelp. But that was, that was it. You ready to get into this week's? Race recaps and hey, man. Absolutely. All right, let's get into it. Folks, before we continue on with the start of Season 5 of Rambling About Racing, I wanted to remind everyone out there about our online stores at Teespring and Bonfire, where you can find the latest and greatest Rambling About Racing gear, such as t-shirts like the one I have on, hoodies, hats, or anyone but lineup exclusively at Bonfire. And so much more. Pint glasses for your beers and everything like that. Just head over to ramblingaboutracing.com under the stores tab. And there you can find the links to both Teespring and Bonfire. All Every purchase will help out Rambling About Racing bring you better content and hopefully more content at, at tracks around the country later on as we get there. So head on over to ramblingaboutracing.com. Links can also be found be found in the YouTube video below or on your podcast description on your regular podcast platform below. Again, all proceeds help out Rambling About Race and bring you better content in the future. Hey, man. Hey, man. And hey, man, always here at Rambling About Racing, presented by Devos Outdoor Lighting. Head over to devosoutdoor.com. Use discount code RAMBLING at checkout for 10% off of your order. Those links can be also be found on your YouTube description, your regular podcast description, or if you head over to ramblingaboutracing.com under the Sponsors tab there, you can find 
the links to Devos Outdoor as well. We have a lot to talk about this week, Preston. Yes, we do. Not only do we have Atlanta wrapping up, or Atlanta getting ready to start, Phoenix wrapping up, a lot of changes happened over the course of last year to this year, which then we saw on track at Phoenix this past weekend. Now, first things first, I'm going to say, say it right now. How were the race? How was the race weekend, weekend overall for you? It was okay. Uh, Xfinity race was fairly well, I thought, at least. Uh, now, if you look at the Cup Series side, I would probably say lackluster. But I, I, I mean, the new rules package, whatever you want to call it, aero package, I think we just have to give it time, that's all. I, I have my two cents to say about that, but that's, that's after I tell you what, what I thought about the races overall. The races overall were horrible. Unless you were there at Phoenix, I'm sure. You didn't there, like the Xfinity race? I didn't like any race. I don't like Phoenix. Well, okay, that's fair enough. I don't really, I'm not a big fan of Phoenix that much anymore either. Let's right. Be, let's be honest. I mean, ooh, hey, look, we switched the the way the track is a little bit. Now everyone can run through the dog leg. Woohoo! Yeah, that's <laughs> straight up dumb, if you ask me. <laughs> Unless you were there, I feel like the Phoenix race was like a Formula One race. Great starts and restarts. Lackluster racing overall, to me. Yeah, it's fair enough to say that, honestly. I mean, the pit strategies made it fun. Pit stops made it fun. And, of course, we saw a caution come out with less than 10 to go. Yeah. With Kyle Larson once again in the lead, just dominating, and then just this happened, and William Byron snuck in. and Well, Harvick was in the lead. Harvick was in the lead. Well, I don't know yeah. why I said Larson, Larson I, was in the lead. Uh, Harvick, I think, took it. With, Larson took, yeah, you're, you're right. Larson probably like 20 or 30 to go, I think. Yeah. I think it was about 30 to go. Larson made a mistake, I think it was. Either way. However you skin the cat. Either way, William, it was like a repeat of Las Vegas. Well, it's, it's just, you know, you know how it is in the commentary booth. Larry McReynolds has got to come in and give his, uh, what, what, the breakdown, the stats of all these cautions. And then all of a sudden, the we trends. just somehow get a caution, the, whether you think it's a phantom caution or not. It just happens. <laughs> yeah, a car always seems to hit the wall. Yeah. Something always happens. Debris happens there. I don't know why they, that happens all the time. It's just one of those things. It just, yeah, it's just weird. It is weird. I don't like it. But to me, it was overall just a boring, lackluster race week in there for both Xfinity and Cup. But then back to your point, the rules change. Now, I got right here what actually changed as far as the rules. Okay. And I want to read this to you and everybody out there listening and watching. The adjustments came from test at Phoenix Raceway in late January and confirmed February 13th in a wind tunnel test. I take it that's earlier this year. It includes a two-inch spoiler, which is a reduction of two inches from their current four-inch spoiler that the Gen 7 car has, and the removal of three diffuser strikes, strike, streaks? Strikes. I think it's strikes. Sorry. Rakes, strikes. I don't know. And engine panel strikes. The changes are expected to lead to a 30% reduction in downforce. Eric Jacuzzi, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it, right? Oh, I don't, I don't know. How does it spell? J-A-C-U-Z-Z-I. I would say that. Yeah, Jacuzzi. Jacuzzi, who is the vice president of vehicle performance, said Tuesday, which I'm taking in as last Tuesday before the Phoenix races on Sirius XM radio, that the diffuser strikes are pieces that hang from the center of the 
diffuser underneath the car, which I'm taking is the rear of the car. Right. He said NASCAR will be removing three of the five diffuser strakes, and the engine panel strakes are metal pieces that sweep outward behind the front tire to make more downforce. These changes were made because of the NASCAR Cup Series drivers complaining that it was too difficult to pass on short tracks and road courses last season. The adjustments will take place at the, these, this rule package. It's not just Phoenix, but it will be at the following tracks. Charlotte Roval, Chicago Street Course, Circuit of the Americas, Indy Road Course, Martinsville, New Hampshire, North Wilkesboro, Richmond, Sonoma, and Watkins Glen. And all these tracks will also have the wet weather package for system windshield wipers and the use of rain tires if the conditions meet. Your thoughts on that? I don't know. I mean, I, I get, I see NASCAR's trying to, and you know, they, they are listening. I, I, I guess they're listening to drivers who want more passing, I guess you could say. But, you know, I listened to Denny Hamlin's podcast, Actions Detrimental. Is that any good? Yes. I mean, not that we want to promote another podcast on our show. I mean, we do. But another major it, competitor like a I, d- dirty mo media. Yeah, today was the first day that I actually gave it a listen because he had some stuff to say about him and Ross Chastain that would happen in Phoenix. But he also touched on about how he felt about the car and the package itself. And I think he said something about you know how NASCAR was listening to the drivers, how they want to make passes. But he says you have to give this rules package a little bit of time because it's not going to happen right away. What drivers want, what the fans probably ultimately what the fans really want is probably not going to happen right away. But if you want to go and listen to it, I think it's about the 22 minute mark. Then he goes into this whole thing about the car itself. And he gives you examples as to what he gives you examples as to why he thinks drivers aren't able to make passes. And it comes down to how wide the car is. And it's not just that. He also blames the track itself. Like Phoenix says that there's leftover PJ one all over the track that he's like, they should just, they need to get in there and just, pressure wash the whole track because he thinks that that was one thing but he what it was is that it's all it comes down to is the car that's in front that's got the air is taking all the air away from the guy behind him so he says even though all the cars are technically equal you can't make passes because no there's no air for the car behind to even get close enough to make the pass so i think it's just it's one of those things that just nascar has to keep working on it tuning it up but i think it i think like he says, I think it could be the track as well. Maybe we might get a different outcome at another, you know, a road course, or if we, when you know, whenever we go to another short track, obviously. Which I don't know when the next one. I would. I don't know what the next track. I, I think would the be. next one is Martinsville. Yeah, that does sound right about right. I, not off the top of my head. I, I'm not looking at the schedule right away, but I would assume Martinsville is probably the one. Here's my thing about this whole rule rule, rule change package. I'm okay with the rain package at at road courses and short tracks give it a shot if it works great if it doesn't you can move on but doing this i feel it it worries me because nascar is going down the road that they went down in a gen 7 car it's a rabbit hole of trying to find and i have a feeling they they're going to go back to a high horsepower low downforce package and a low horsepower high downforce package and try to find that. We, we tried to get away from that with the Gen 7 car. Did we not? Mm-hmm. Did NASCAR? So, them reducing the spoiler, saying that, and Denny Hamlin, and complaining that there's the car's not creating enough gap in the air 
is reducing the spoiler, reducing the gap in the air at that point? I believe it is. You mm-hmm. want a tall spoiler on there. I don't know what the secret sauce is, but the Gen 7 car was supposed to alleviate and eliminate any need for changes like that, right? Well, I think, <clears throat> sorry, I think what he, and I, I kind of agree with this, and I never even thought about it. Like and I this said, is Denny Hamlin. Yeah, like I alluded to, and I, I never even, it never even crossed my mind. He said, the bodies of the cars are too square. He said, if it was more rounded, then maybe we would have a, a better chance of air getting to the car behind and then them maybe actually being able to make a pass. And I kind of get it. I kind of get it. If you look at it, like, for example, the rear bumper, do you see how square that thing is? There's, there's, no, there's no air coming around the car. So would it be safe to say instead of NASCAR having these guys fit in a box with stock parts and fitting this little laser template thing, how about going back to regular templates? If you fit the template, right? I I think I think you're you, right. You, you fixed the problem because right now they're hunting for this perfect package, and they're going to end up confusing fans, yeah, and confusing teams. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Why not just have a template? I don't know, and I I don't want to misquote what he was saying because I only got to listen to it one time. But I mean, he just he just alluded on the fact that you know he even broke it down to like with the engines and everything, you know, NASCAR wants to make all these cars pretty much equal. And that's cool that you make it equal on an equal playing field. But when you have cars like one through 20 that are almost all within like two tenths of a second of each other, that's cool. But if you can't pass, where's the fun in that? You know, and and Hamlin brings up uh, not only a driver's perspective, but a team owner's perspective. Exactly. So he sees both sides of the coin at this point. He he wants 2311 to run well naturally, and he wants to run well with Joe Gibbs in that 11 car. He wants he wants both. He wants his cake and to eat it too. Right. In a sense. And at this point, them switching up rule packages in order to fit in order to fix what should have been fixed with the Gen 7 car in it as period. We're going back to uh High horsepower, low downforce, low house horsepower, high downforce package scenario. I see it coming to where it's <laughs> going to be. We're going to get with Bob Pockress on. We're going to get with Bob Pockress on one of the things. Like, what package are they running? They're going to be running this package with this horsepower and this and that and this and that. And it doesn't matter what they do. Fans won't be happy and teams aren't going to be happy with whatever. Denny Hamlin also brought up a good point that. To an extent, he thinks NASCAR should like keep it a secret until like the days leading up to a race. Uh, what kind of package? But why to uh, make them have to think on the fly or something to make, to make who, it more interesting? To make who think on the, the fly? The drivers, the teams. Why? If you want to make it interesting, NASCAR's doing this thing where they think that they're going to make it fun and interesting at some point, but they can't it, figure it out. They can't figure it out because they keep fiddling with it to the point where it's confusing the teams and confusing the fans. Well, they 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 keep fiddling with it, but they're going to I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of people are going to complain, which I can't uh, somebody put out a poll on Twitter asking if uh, I think it was uh, Jeff Gluck. I think Jeff Gluck's the one that does the polls after. Yeah, he does and all the polls. I think it was almost even. I think there was like 47% that said it was a good race and 50 something said it wasn't a good race, but you know, NASCAR's just going to do that thing where they're going to listen to the fans right away and just think, "Oh my God, that was uh, it backfired on us." Instead of giving it a you know another go at some point, but I mean, you're right. We're, we're changing all these things up, you know. And 
good on NASCAR for listening to the fans and listening to drivers, but man, we it just seems like we just keep changing things up all the time. If we want to go all nostalgic here with NASCAR and make it like it was in the 80s and in the 90s and in the early 2000s, like a lot of fans want. And I wouldn't mind going back there, but I don't think we're ever going to get back there because NASCAR does listen to the fans. Mm -hmm. NASCAR does listen to the driver. NASCAR does listen to the sponsors. If Jim France and Kennedy, whoever, whatever his first name is, I've gotten to the point where it's almost like I don't care because I know we're we're on the Titanic here. (laughs) If they want to go back to what it was before, and, and them printing money and them doing everything they can do in order to make the sport great and fill the stands, not only for the race, but for qualifying and practice and the Xfinity race and the truck race and fill the stands, have one guy call the shots. Yeah. If you don't like the package, go down to the Xfinity series and give someone else your ride. If the sponsor doesn't like anything in the sport, you don't have to be in the sport. We got 40 more people wait, waiting to get on here. If you don't like what we're doing as for you as a team owner, you don't have to own a team in NASCAR. I, Why not go back to that whole system where one person makes a decision and everybody else gets in line and says, okay, or they say, we don't want anything to do with this and make room for someone else. That's a good point. Why can't we? Why can't we do that? I don't know. It's just a lot of money involved in this sport. A lot. A lot of money does the talking, and yeah, money does the talking. But who's running the mouth of the puppet? Is it the sponsors coming in? Is it the team owners? I don't. Is it th- the drivers? I, I would. I would love to know. I mean, as a fan, I don't like. For the most part, I don't really like the way the current product is at the time. Because I've made several suggestions, and guess what? Not one of them is taken. So they're not listening to me. Are they no. listening to you? <laughs> they don't want to listen to me. No, they don't. <laughs> they look at me, probably. I'm sure they I, I, I'm sure they don't know me, but if they did know me, they'd probably be like, oh, yeah, well, that guy would never call the shots. Yeah, what, rambling about racing? Oh, no, no, yeah. no, no. Yeah. You guys that guy make- Preston? No, no, he would never call the shots yeah, you up could, here. You guys He's- are making too much sense. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how I feel sometimes. Right. They'd be looking at me and be like, no, nah, he, he, can't, he can't cut it. Well, why, why, why don't you think he can cut it? Because he's got too many good ideas. We can't go back down that road. <laughs> That's how I look we at it. We don't want to be successful. <laughs> we don't want to rival Formula One where their stands are full all the time. Right. For practices, for qualifying. And you know, it's funny that a lot of people say that Formula One is boring, yet Formula One tends to have a lot of people that watch it. Now in the United yeah. States, I don't really know. But I mean, Circuit of America. on a global standpoint, yeah, Circuit of America's last year, how many people showed up for that weekend? 400,000 for the weekend. How many showed up for NASCAR, I want to know? Um, probably not that number. Probably Miami for the inaugural Miami Grand Prix. Exactly. I wanted to take everybody, you, me, Austin, and Charlie to Las Vegas for that race and say, guys, thank you. Here you go. Just the tickets for the nice grandstand section were. Two grand a piece. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But people pay for it because but F1 is an expensive sport. It's an expensive sport. But if it's butts in the seat because you do have the drama and they change the cars once and they don't go, oh, it wasn't good at Bahrain, so we're going to switch it around because, you know, Lewis Hamilton complained we can't pass. Who cares? Get a better car. That, that, then that's when the teams go to work. Yeah. Figure it out. 
That's the way it was back in NASCAR, but no, no, everybody's got to be equal. I, I, I don't like I that. Will never, I, don't, I don't think I can ever buy into NASCAR trying to tell me that the field is equal because it's not. Ever, or, ever since they actually came out and really said, hey, the field is equal, do I see the field being equal? Not unless it's a super speedway. Do I see BJ McLeod running in the top 15, top 10? Heck no. No, no he's always going a lap down within two laps. Yeah, exactly. Don't give me that it's equal crap. Yeah. Because like Denny Hamlin said, yeah, the top 20 are equal. They're 21 through 30, whatever, are... I think if I think to make it a little bit more equal, I wish that they would bring practice back. That's what practice is for. And now, all you know, some... I have heard people say, oh, you know, that's what sim, the sim is for now these days, is that's your practice. I mean, that's cool and all, but I don't really think you can sim it all, all the way to a real-life scenario unless you're actually in that car. I just wish NASCAR would bring practice back. I bet that would be the, one of the keys to helping guys figure out the car a little bit more and getting setups to where we could make it, maybe make it a little bit more equal every week. Maybe. 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 But remember back in the day that where you had first practice, second practice, yep. qualifying happy hour. Yep. It was like three practices within a weekend. And fans showed up for the entire weekend and, for it. And I would sit there just like them and just, just watch the cars go around the track and listen and just, what are they doing? COVID. Ruined everything <laughs> with ruined, that. Ruined everything. Ruined everything and with dang that. COVID. But that was, <laughs> I mean, that was the, just the package right now because. Yeah. Now, we could talk. We could have a whole show dedicated just to this package and how crappy it is, right. and how much NASCAR is shooting themselves in the foot. I hate to say that because all you see on the wall back here is NASCAR stuff. I love this sport, but ha quit having drivers like Denny Hamlin, who's also a team owner, whispering NASCAR's here. This isn't right. Drivers like Chase Elliott can't. Oh, I can't pass if he can even snowboard. He can't, can't even snowboard, and he's complaining about passing. <laughs> The, the way I see it is have one person, Jim France or Can Kennedy, that Kennedy guy, once he takes over NASCAR, call the shots. And if the teams, sponsors, drivers don't like it, leave the sport. Do it old Bill France way and Bill France Jr. way because that's the only way you're going to fix right the ship. Have one person make the decisions. Now, the Fox broadcast. Oh, boy. <laughs> I know a lot of people have been complaining about this, not only for this weekend, but for the past couple of years, NASCAR on Fox has been under scrutiny. I have a theory of why. Ooh, I can't wait to hear this. But I'm curious to hear. Do you want me to go first or you want to go first? I, I want to. Let's, let's hear your theory. I, you, you, you brought it up. Now I really want to know what okay, your theory I, is. It's actually two theories. Okay. All right. One. NASCAR and Fox isn't as well-received as, like, NASCAR and NBC because of one person. Oh, boy. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is not calling the shots. I don't hear one person complain about Dale Earnhardt Jr. and NBC, M, M, NASCAR and NBC doing anything. Yeah, he's Be pretty good for the most part. Dale Earnhardt Jr., Jeff Byrd, and Steve Letarte are great. They are. They're, they're, they're great. They really are. However, you flip the coin to Fox, and now they got people coming in all the time to help out Larry, or I guess we could say Larry McReynolds. Larry McReynolds we'll, call, we'll, we'll see the guys in the booth, for one. Mike Joy and Clint Boyer. They had Tony Stewart in there for the Daytona 500. Up until the last couple of weeks, they've had Dana Kilpatrick in there, who I thought did a pretty good job. She knows her stuff. She really does. 
Now, with the, the, I feel overall Fox doesn't do a bad job. However, the racing on the track will dictate whether a broadcast does well or not. This is my second theory. Okay. If the race is good and Mike Joy's calling a good race, no one hears, no one ever complains about the 98 Daytona 500 when he made that call. In fact, every Daytona season, which time we go to Daytona, 20 years of trying, and you always hear that call. What a great call Mike Joy did. If the race is good, there's no complaint from the fans about the product that NASCAR is broadcasting, Fox mainly. Right. If the racing is bad, every fan will complain about the commercials. Every fan will complain about Mike Joy. Every fan will complain about Clint Boyer or Danica Patrick or Tony Stewart. Whoever is in that seat talking at the time, they're a target. That's, that's what I've observed over the past few years. And me, if you don't like the broadcast that's being called, mute the channel, put on MRN or PRN, and listen to those guys call a race. That's just kind of hard because that's usually it's, like two laps okay, behind. Yeah, you're, you're, okay, you're right. However, turn off the TV then and just listen to the radio. I mean, I did that for the 500, honestly. Yeah, it was fine. I muted it. Sure was two laps behind. or no, Actually, I'm sorry, two laps ahead. It was two laps ahead yeah, in the TV ahead. broadcast. I didn't care. It was no, whatever. It was. But that's just me. Those are my couple theories about the broadcast. I'm not going to go chasing and trying on this hill because I don't care about it. If you don't like the broadcast, mute it and listen to the radio. And if you don't like that, just watch the race or listen to us about the race coverages. I don't sure. know. Yeah, One absolutely. day we might be calling a race. That'd be kind of cool. That would be really cool <laughs> if they did that. But what are your thoughts on on the broadcast here? I'll start with this. Okay, so I know that NASCAR is not Formula One. Because with Formula One, when you talk about commercials, Formula One, they do an entire race broadcast with no commercials. NASCAR doesn't have the money for that. One. Two, if NASCAR did have the money for that, there's no way they would be able to pull it off because a NASCAR race lasts a heck of a lot longer than an F1 race would. So there's a reason why F1 can pull that off as well. Just the the race broadcast itself, not talking about any kind of pre-race or whatever. Usually they are able to do post-race too without a commercial. I don't think I've ever seen a commercial. NASCAR dumps a lot of coverage pre-race. You have NASCAR race day for like two hours and then the switch is over to Fox and then you have a lead up of like 45 minutes, whatever. And they do, and you know, somebody said this, somebody says they, they dump a lot of coverage into that. They cover a lot of stories and then they don't have anything to cover during the race. I can kind of see that. I kind of see that. What really irks me with the broadcast and viewership has been down this year than opposed to the first four or five races last year. And I think it has to do with, I really think that Fox thinks it's too much of a joke. They tend to joke way too much when I'm trying to watch a race. F1, they tend to joke sometimes, but they take it very seriously. Fox, I don't think, takes it very seriously at all. And NBC takes it more seriously than Fox does. Right. Fox has got all these little, oh, all the drivers are, they look like superheroes on the TV. They're all cartooned up or whatever. Denny Hamlin doesn't like that. He can't stand that. <laughs> They're all cartooned up and everything, when, which when, is annoying. Yeah, when that was introduced, it was kind of It weird. was kind of stupid, wasn't yeah, it? It was they're weird. Still, they're still there. It's still, still, I just don't get it. When you watch the race and they start talking about things on track, it's like the camera angle never matches up. So 
this past weekend at Phoenix. E.J. McLeod is having issues. He can't get to the bottom of the track. It's happening as it's coming down the front stretch. Mike Joy is saying something about it. He's talking about it for like 10 seconds or 15 seconds. Oh, B.J. McLeod can't get down to the, the bottom of the track. What happens? We're watching in-car video of like Ricky Stenhouse or somebody like that for like 15 seconds. <laughs> and then Ricky gets loose in the car. You can see it visibly on TV. I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh my God, he's getting loose. And he gets into the wall and nobody says a thing. For like two minutes. And then all of a sudden, oh, well, let's go back to the replay. Even though they were just on board, was nobody paying attention? Who's watching this thing? Who's in the back producing this thing? Yeah, now, now that brings up a good point here. Is it more of a, a product of the bad production? Or is everybody just painting it on Mike Joy, Clint Boyer, or, who, or whoever else is in the broadcast booth at the moment? with Danica Patrick or Tony Stewart or whoever. Is everybody painting it on them and using them as a scapegoat for bad producing? If a car gets loose or like BJ McLeod, shouldn't the producers go, "Hey, who has the yeah. McLeod's car?" And let's cut, let's cut to it. Cut to them, and then just hit a button, and it goes like this. Or right if nobody's, or if nobody's got it, you know, I don't know how many cameras they have actually there, but I mean, if nobody's picking it up, find it as fast as you can. I mean, Mike Joy is literally over here saying McLeod can't get to the bottom, and their car's driving by him. Like, um, hello, I would love to see that in case an accident happens. This is Phoenix; it's not Talladega. This is Fe- somebody can hit him. I mean, he if he's coming down the front stretch and he can't get to the bottom, I would I would sure as heck like to know because pit road entry is in turn two. I can't even figure out Phoenix at this point. I'm getting right. lost. Turn two. But then, then I mean, I, I go back to this. Every car now has a in-car camera. Right. Why not just say, cut to BJ McLeod's car? Yeah. And at least show the in-car in camera. That's cameras. the thing. Like, they don't want to do that. And well, I, I, You're right. I think it's bad producing. It's not Mike Joy's fault that the production is bad. NASCAR and Fox needs to maybe, re, before Atlanta, maybe Atlanta's too short yeah. of, a, of a call, but... Before the following race after Atlanta, maybe hire a new producer, hire a new production crew, something. Because I mean, I don't, I don't blame Mike Joy, Clint Boy for that. And and that's what I'm saying. They need to take things like that seriously. Like, okay, so when things happen, like um, Daytona, I think it was, I want to say it was ta- Daytona. Ty Dillon had that issue. I mean, right near the start of the race, I mean, a couple laps and he's got an issue. They cut to him real quick as he's coming to the road. That was it. That was all we saw. <laughs> we didn't hear anything else. I feel like. I wish that the broadcast would go a little bit further with things like that. Oh, there's an issue with Ty Dillon? Okay, well, let's somebody get down there and find out what it could be. Instead, we hear about it later on, later on in the broadcast. Oh, well, Ty Dillon ended up going to the garage because of this. Are we not listening to anybody's scanner feeds? Or, you know, can we pick up something from the scanner feed? That, that is something I miss, especially with the old school, school like pit road reporters like Matt Yoakum and Steve Burns. I mean, Steve Burns has passed away, unfortunately. God rest yeah, his soul. Absolutely. But every time something happened, Steve Burns would get on there. Like, if Tony Stewart was blowing up, oh, something's wrong with the 20 car. What's going on there? I mean, oh, man, he's smoking. He, I mean, you just hear Steve Burns key up. Mike, he just came in over the radio and said it blew up. It yeah, blew exactly. up. We, yep. don't, we, mm-hmm. we don't know anything else right now. And at least, okay, well, we got something from pit road. Maybe it's the pit road reporters that need to step up well, their game. Also, I also think it's this, you know, I, I don't like to compare different sports, but when you look at Formula One, there's 20 cars that they can cover. In NASCAR, there's what, 36 on a given Sunday in the Cup Series. On a good day. I, it's kind of probably, I would assume it's kind of hard to probably cover that many cars, but I'm not saying anything's really happening with those cars all the time. But like Formula One does a good job of making it serious. 
this past, um, not this past weekend, excuse me, two weeks ago, Lando Norris was having issue after issue after issue, and he was in the pit so many times, and every time he came down to the pit lane, they cut right to it, or they had a side-by-side, and they would talk about it. Oh, you know, this is what's happening. This They're having engine issues. They're having to put pneumatic air or something like that in the car. Wait, 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 wait. Pneumatic air? Oh, I, my gosh. I, I'm telling you, I, I no, swear I thought I heard something like that. Something I mean, with the but, air and they but were... But you know pneumatic is air. Like, I have well, a pneumatic I, I don't, impact. I don't remember what it... I don't remember. There was, <laughs> it, just, it was, there just, were, it was just, a lot to explain, and I, I was trying to figure out what they were really doing because they weren't really explaining it very well. It's just was funny when you said pneumatic yeah, air. I, I, was I like, don't... Wait, what? Yeah, it was... <laughs> it was really odd. It was, it was hard to really understand because... Like I said, they just would keep saying that he was coming to the pit lane and they had to keep doing something for the, the car, to, I guess, to extend the life, which is weird that they kept keeping him on track because usually if there's a problem with the engine or anything like that, usually Formula One's kind of retiring the car at that point. They're like, oh, you know what? We don't need to carry on anymore. Let's just retire the car. But they kept sending him out there. I mean, he, God forbid, probably laps down at this point. They kept sending him out there, which is odd. But that's what I'm saying. NASCAR doesn't. At least the productions, they don't tend to take it seriously. And I think that's why viewership is down as well. I feel like the people would like, if you if the race is boring, try to make it interesting somehow. Let's touch on some kind of stories that are going on in the world. But, I mean, I, it's not only that. I think the viewership also has to do with, I think NASCAR races are just too long. That's another topic for another day, my friend. <laughs> I just think that's, we I go think down that's that why rabbit, it is. If we go down that rabbit hole, I think, hole, the, I think the production team episode. can't figure it out when they've got to figure out how to fill three hours of content during a race. It's been, if the race is boring, what are they going to talk about? It's been done time? in the past. Well, I just, I don't know. I th- somewhere along the lines, I think we just got lost somewhere. All right. That's, well, NASCAR's losing itself off in a lot of <laughs> places right now. And to, go down right. That, and to go down that <laughs> rabbit hole, races are too long. It's, it's a topic for another day. You brought this up. Chevy wins the first four races since 2001. Thoughts on that? You know, I tried to... With I, two of them being a Hendrick win. Yeah, two of them by Hendrick. William you know, I tried to go back and look at all these other races and try and look at other Chevy drivers, you know, like Kyle Busch was looking so well, but RCR didn't, you know, have top 10 finishes here and there and whatever, but with Hendrick Motorsports, especially in the last few weeks, let's see, last week at Phoenix, they had three cars in the top 10 excluding Josh Barrett, he was still trying to figure out the car, which I think he needed a couple races to really figure out that car anyways. That's a big jump to go from Xfinity to next-gen car because those are two... Oh, he definitely got it this weekend. He got it this week. Hendrick Motorsports with four cars in the top ten. Impressive. I think it's not just a Chevy thing. I think it's a Hendrick Motorsports thing. And, yeah, like, I mean... Okay, I'll, I'll entertain the idea of this. Byron led a lot of laps, and so did Kyle Larson this past weekend. But Byron only won the end of the race because we had to have a we have all these overtime restarts and everything, and it bunches the field back up. But I mean, if we wouldn't have gotten to that point, I mean, I think Kevin Harvick probably would have won if there was no caution. But I mean, it doesn't matter. Hendrick was dominating. Chevy is dominating, but I think it's just more of Hendrick carrying the Chevy banner at this point. Kyle Busch is there. I'll throw yep. Kyle Busch in Kyle there. Kyle Busch is there. I'll agree with but that. But I think it's just mostly Hendrick at this point right now. Now I was gonna. I don't know if you listened to last week's episode of the show. The quick twenty made. 28-minute episode, which we clearly surpassed at this point of this week, talking about, I wanted to bring up what's the deal with Hendrick in the first couple of races, and then all of a sudden, wow, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> they just needed to, okay, we found it. Yeah, yeah, we figured it out. This is great for Chevy and bad for everybody else for that doesn't have a bow tie on their hood. At this moment right now, 
If they don't figure out how to top, stop Hendrick, which is a tough ask for anybody out there. I don't care if you're 2311, Joe Gibbs, Stuart Haas, Roush Kozlowski, Fenway, or Roush Fenway Kozlowski. You're, 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 you're going to be on the outside looking in by the time playoffs start. That's one. Two, pop quiz. We haven't oh done one of these in a while. Oh, boy. <laughs> in 2001, you mentioned, the mm-hmm. first four drivers were Chevys. Who were they? What team were they on? And what tracks were they? Oh, gosh. Well, Michael Waltrip won the Daytona 500, okay, so that, there's that one. For what team? Uh, it was uh, DEI. Okay, so you got that one right. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, you're on a good streak right now. I'm trying to remember what number. I, by Rockingham way, was second week, right, wasn't it? Okay, you got the track. Who won? We haven't done one of these in a while. Steve this is, Park won. Okay, Steve Park with? DEI. Okay, that's two. <laughs> Who's the third driver? I'm trying to, I don't remember what the third track was. Oh, come on, man. <sighs> was it Las Vegas? Okay, that's the track. Ah, uh, oh no. <laughs> that's how old school I am. Oh I remember God. that Las Vegas was the third. Yep. It was a flat Las Vegas too. <laughs> I, 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 by the way, I did this completely off of memory. If nobody believes me, you got to believe me. I, I did this completely off of memory. Oh goodness, man. Who was it? Uh, dude, I don't remember now. Can you give me the team? Hendrick. Uh, I don't know. Come on, man. Who was know. dominating in Hendrick in 2001? Was it, it was it Jeff Gordon? It was Jeff Gordon. Okay, I'll give you that one. That was, okay, that was a right. gimme. I don't know the fourth track, though. I don't I, remember anything I wish, after Las I wish Vegas. I had a bell. Ding, ding, ding. Okay, what was the fourth track? This is a big one, man. <sighs> I don't remember what the fourth track would have been after Las Vegas. Oh, my gosh. To think 2001. It wasn't West Coast, was it? It wasn't West Coast. I'll give you that. Okay. I do remember not having not a West Coast swing. Ugh. Oh, man, this is going to kill me. It was Atlanta, was it? It was Atlanta. It was Atlanta. <laughs> it was Atlanta. I'll give, okay, I can't that, believe I, I remember I, that. I think, I think I gave it away right there. No, 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 you didn't. Because, it, I mean, that could have been anything. But that, that sounds right. Atlanta, yeah, fourth race, Atlanta. <sighs> Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick. <laughs> Kevin for, Harvick. For who? For RCR, you did twenty nine. The Goodwin Chevy. That was the first time I think you've ever nailed a pop quiz like that. Well done. I remember some of my two thousands because those in my in my mind those were some good memories of racing two thousands through like two thousand seven or eight. Well, that's only big into me because that's when I started watching NASCAR and racing. That's yeah. and then it led to. That's, that was uh, those here. were good. I I I I find myself watching a lot of two thousands races on YouTube. A lot of them. Not me. Not me as much as I used to. I, I think the last one I was watching was actually 2005 Dover. It was a playoff race when they had like the chase for the next Dell Cup. Oh, the chase. I like the chase format. No, 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 no. We're not going to go down this <laughs> route at all. I, I hear you what you're saying there, but we got a lot more to cover here. Eric Amarola here. Okay. Anything else? What well, before we get into that? No, 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 no. Anything I mean, else? No. Okay. Eric Amarola, does he deserve a penalty for that tire issue he had? Uh, no. Actually, uh, everything that has come out since we're recording here on Tuesday, everything that's come out, no. Uh, Drew Blickensurfer, the crew chief, was actually the crew chief of Michael Medall last year. He actually said, and there was video that came out, um, he actually said that the, the lug nut was loose, and there's video out there of the coming off before that everything happening, before he hit the wall. So when it came off, the tire was moving back and forth a lot and ended up cutting the tire down. And just breaking everything apart. So the the lug nut was loose. Okay, so, so. I mean, because to me, I, I haven't seen anything about it. I, I got it was it. it was odd when it happened real time because my joy actually said, "Well, it sounded like the tire or something exploded or something like that." And so everybody right. was like, "Oh, okay, that's kind of odd that he's getting a penalty." How can they just say that it was already loose when 
people like Mike George saying, well, the tire sounded like this thing just exploded. And then he hit the wall. But then it came out that the wheel was loose. So people okay. did get penalties for it. Okay, so, so we will get, I'm always just going to forego that question. Yeah, right yeah. There. That was, it did come out until today, which is weird. Well, because you know? I looked at, when I looked at it at the moment, it seemed odd. The tire, the wheel broke. Yeah, it the, did. So I was like, well, that's a mechanical failure of the wheel. Exactly. Which we it, haven't they seen never touched on it that much anymore in the broadcast. No, nope, they I didn't. Remember. They didn't. That's well, that was that was one of the reasonings for me talking about the Fox broadcast when okay. I had said something to you about it. Fair enough, my friend. Last topic I want to is cover here is about the Xfinity race. Unless you have anything else about no. the Cup race, no. Junior Motorsports. Having an abysmal start to the season. Yes, absolutely. Uh, just straight up. I mean, you want to forget this season already if you're in that camp, especially if you're Brandon Jones, Josh Berry. Oh, yeah, or, Brandon Jones. Oh, poor Brandon Jones. A new team. They're having an abysmal start. Phoenix didn't help out with any of that because a lot of the contact here during that race was between junior motorsports drivers, yep. which one in particular ultimately led to Justin Allgaier Hitting the wall and being eliminated. Yeah, yeah, I do remember seeing that. Yes, big accident. Big accident. So if you're if you're Dale Junior, what are you saying this week to not only the drivers but the crew chiefs and everybody going into Atlanta? I'm having a few different meetings. I'm having a drivers meeting. Look, guys, I know that the first few weeks have been really crappy. Not a big deal. It's early in the season. We'll reset. You know, I'm not going to say that we need to, everyone needs to mind their P's and Q's when you're racing around your teammates because ultimately when it comes down to it, everyone is responsible for themselves. It's a, it's a, a dog-eat-dog world out there. Yeah, do you want to watch out for your teammates? Sure, but, you know, at the end of the day, if you got to battle your teammate for a win, you got to battle your teammate for a win. You know, it's not like F1 where everyone's teammates are like, oh, you know, teams are like, okay, well, you know what? For example, Lewis and George. Oh, and George, you know what? Lewis is faster than you. Let him buy. NASCAR is a whole different ball game here, especially when you got four drivers that you got to keep control of. When it comes down to the end of the day, everyone's responsible for their own thing. They're trying to do their own things, get their own points, whatever. But you know what? As an owner, I'm sitting down saying, look, we just, let's reset. Not a big deal. Early in the season, let's start back at Atlanta. Let's figure it out. Maybe it's some bad luck over the last few weeks. You know, not a big deal. It's not the end of the world. I would do the same thing with the teams, that the crew chief's down. The whole team is to say, look, you know, we're going to restart from, you know, let's reset things. You know, it's things happen. It's early in the season. Not a big deal. We can rebound from it. Well, what, four races in. I mean, yeah, you have a 26 race, technically, regular season schedule, so it's not like the entire season, but it's still early. We're okay. I don't want people, I don't want teams imploding here at this point. I don't want my guys to be like, oh, boy, this is it. You know, we got nothing. We can't rebound. It's only four races in. Not a big deal. That's what I'm saying. If I'm writing the checks at Junior Motorsports, I just fixed four cars this past weekend. Not all, happens, not all of them wreck out, and it isn't, it isn't like super speedway racing where it's totally unpredictable. But, man, I mean, I can understand if it's the white flag and everybody gets into each other, but in the middle of the race, the start of the race, come on, man. I mean, an accident's happened. It's racing. And I don't think you could point the finger at one particular driver of Junior Motorsports. I think they're all kind of at fault here, running into each other. But if Junior Motorsports doesn't get it together, regardless if it's early in the season or not, you're going to right the ship right when the playoffs start. And by then, you might be on the outside looking in with, let's say, one race to go before the playoffs. One race to go in the regular season. Vice 20-something. 
Mm-hmm. You can't have that. If you're a junior motorsports fan, you're probably like you going to say, hey, it's just part of it. We're going to get rebound. Is everything's going to be fine? But if you're like me, who is, I'm a junior motorsports fan. I got the sign right there. I'm saying, what the crap, man? You, you <laughs> now Something needs to change. Something needs to change right now because this is unacceptable right. for the caliber of drivers that junior motorsports have. What happened in Phoenix was a bunch of amateur hour, I feel. Fair enough. To me, it was. Fair enough. And that's the only thing I'm going to talk about junior motorsports have because I, I really do like them. Okay, anything else? Regarding this past weekend in Phoenix. No. Atlanta coming up. A super speedway. <laughs> I like a, the quotation. A mile and a half there. super speedway <laughs> here. Which I'm not a... I, the whole reconfiguration of that, I'm, I wasn't a big fan of. It, it made for good racing, but at the same time, it turns a mile and a half speedway into a drafting heavy super speedway. I, I mean... Don't get me wrong, I, I I wasn't happy with the change at first either, but I look back at um, years ago at the All-Star Race at Charlotte when they had that package, when they were all right. racing in pack. It was actually kind of exciting. I was like, it yeah, was kind of cool. It's not bad. And, you know, I hate that the old Atlanta kind of went away, but, I mean, at the same time, it's kind of, it's kind of cool. Kind it, of. It, Atlanta has its own little perks, too, and I've raced it in iRacing. and actually finished third in the truck series, VRL. Oh, okay. I don't so, know if you watch that race. Go back and watch our YouTube and AAA broadcasting, and you'll see it there. Great racing, fun racing, pack racing. Yeah. One person messes up, a lot of people are going to get caught up in it. That's neither here or there, I feel, because everybody kind of understands this. Thoughts on this? You brought it up. I'm going to let you take it about the pit road. Yes, the commitment line. So I didn't really know anything about it. Anthony Alfredo takes a picture of it, puts it up on the Twitter. He does. Yeah, he puts it up on and for the whole world to and see. And everybody loses their minds. And even I was like. I did too. I saw it and I was like, huh. That's a little interesting. And, of course, I didn't know the full story right away. I'm like, okay, commitment line. Oh, so they have to hit that line to get to pit road. Not a big deal. I guess they're just driving as fast as they want around the apron or as fast as they probably think they should. I mean, the apron's kind of a flat area. Right. I mean, you, can't, you can only go so fast. And then I want to say it was Bob Pockers. Here we go. What's it out there Here and we says, go. Yeah, you have to hit that commitment line, but it's pit road speed from there on forth. And I was like, excuse me? That's the catch-all here. (laughs) Once you hit that commitment line in turn three, you have... This is, and this and it's not like inch or three. I mean, this is literally right at the end of the backstretch. This is at the end of the backstretch. It isn't in the middle of three. Yeah, I mean, that would be I, yeah. dangerous as it is. Yeah, but exactly. this is in the middle, at the end of the backstretch. If you want to pit, you have to come down. This is going to be so dangerous. There are going to be so many accidents and so many penalties because of this. Now, did you ever figure out why this is an issue? Uh, so a lot of drivers were complaining that last year, and some uh, Michael Vidal actually um, commented on it and said that it was a lot of, they were glad that NASCAR listened because a lot of drivers complained last year how hard it was to get onto the pit road or how hard it would have been to get onto pit road if you're, essentially super speedway pack racing coming off of turn four at Atlanta, which I can understand. I get it. I do understand that. That would be a heck of a lot of cars trying to make that. If everyone's trying to stay in a pack, you look at it like Daytona and Talladega, how many cars are coming down pit road at one time? Pretty much half the field or at least a good chunk of the field. It depends on what manufacturers coming down at the moment. All that bull crap manufactured out the window crap. Anyways. So yeah, I I heard in, in let's be real. 
it's not like Daytona where you come off turn four and you have all of that room before you get to pit road. This is Atlanta. I mean, off right off of four, boom, pit road's there. If you're gonna get there, boy, good luck. Which I can't. I think the last race there were no green flag pit stops, so never nobody really had to worry about that. But now, I guess this is to also encourage green flag pit stops. I gotta say, I gotta say, Matt, this is gonna be very interesting to watch. I, I think I in my mind think it's dangerous because one. Who the heck is going to get... <laughs> just this imagine is gonna be, coming off This is going to be such a cluster. It's not even going to be <laughs> just funny. Just imagine coming off a turn two. Atlanta, which is... The backstretch is like... I mean, I didn't even know how to describe how many feet it is compared to like a Talladega, let's say. Imagine if Talladega had it oh, at the end of three. Abysmal. It would be a little bit easier to figure out. But Atlanta, everybody's coming off a turn two. At, I don't know. I can't remember the rate of speed off the top of my head, but in a pack. And they have to get slowed down to, what's pit road speed going to be? Like 55 miles an hour, 60? That's a pretty hefty price. It's going to be that's such a, a freaking cluster. I guarantee you one big wreck going on the pit road. And NASCAR's going to be like, well, we need to maybe reconsider this we before need the fi- cup race. My thought process is when Atlanta got repaved and re- you know redone with the higher banking, they figured, oh, I don't know if they really thought right then and there, oh, we're probably going to have pack racing. But did nobody really think about pit road then? I mean, I'm not. A smart person, I wouldn't. I probably would have never even thought of it either. But think, looking at back at it now, did nobody ever think about that? Like, was that not one of the things that they thought? Well, if we're gonna have higher banking, you know, maybe back racing. Well, how the heck are we getting on a pit road? <laughs> Here's the problem with this whole thing: <laughs> drivers and fans, be careful what you wish for because it could come true. You wanted to not, you wanted to change Atlanta Motor Speedway because it was a boring race. It was going down the road of Texas. I mean, Texas is Atlanta if Atlanta didn't change. I don't know about that. It, it could have been. I, I feel like it was heading down that path. Atlanta said, we're going to go progressive banking, and, man, we're going to have pack racing because you can be able to run wide open through that whole track. Fans got what they wanted. Drivers, I wouldn't say so much, got what they wanted. However, Michael McDowell and the likes of that deciding, oh, it is dangerous getting on the pit road and pack racing at a mile and a half speedway in which we're not, the track and the facility are not equipped to handle pack racing coming off the turn four trying to get to pit road. Either we didn't put our ducks in a row planning for a pit stop or the track went overboard and said, oh, this is going to be a great idea. And totally did. It totally got it wrong. And now NASCAR said, we can fix this. Yes, this makes perfect sense. What we'll do is put the commitment cone not at the start and maybe do something. Else. We're going to put it in turn three at the end of the backstretch. Yes, that won't cause any issues. The drivers will be happy. Yes. And you're going to hit pit road speed there or else you're going to get a penalty. Kyle Busch is going to get nailed on so many speeding penalties this season, or this this coming week, and it's not even going to be funny. And every and a lot of other drivers will too. I guarantee you, whether it's truck Xfinity or Cup, one of those three things. I'm going to bet my money. Maybe the trucks on this I one. I would love to see. I can't wait to see how that. Matt Crafton's go not going to ha- be happy about this whatsoever. The truck but series will get the test out first. The truck series are going to wreck. Somebody's going to wreck. Somebody's going to mess up. Try to lock it down too much, lose it, come back onto the track, gather up a bunch of cars. If that doesn't happen, I don't know. I needed some kind of repercussion about this. I'll give a fan, a lucky fan, a t-shirt. 
But I have a feeling they're going to lock it down so much that it's going to cause more problems than it is in the future. Be careful what you fish for. I'm not a fan of it. Adapt and overcome, just like the team said, just like we said earlier, I guess, in the broadcast. Adapt and overcome. And if you can't, nothing's saying you have to be there that week in Atlanta. Okay, I'll say this. I hope that nothing happens. Maybe I'm wrong. Something will happen. Maybe, Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong, which I probably have been plenty of times, but I really don't care, honestly. I don't care if fans come on here and say, well, you've been wrong so many other times. I care less. You can tell it to me until you're blue in the face. I care less. I don't know. Think. I, I try to imagine. I try. I, I'm not a race car driver, but I try to put myself in the driver's seat of thinking, comparing it like this. If I'm coming off a of turn four at Daytona, I can see where it's at. I know where I need to start getting slowed up at. Because we've raised that it so many times. But now that you're changing it right out the gate, oh my God, okay, well, guess what? <laughs> Last year, it was over there, over here. This year, it's here. And guess what? You're hitting pit road speed at the end of the backstretch. And by the way, Atlanta's not a very big track. I mean, the backstretch is It's a is mile almost, and a half. Exactly. The backstretch is only so long. I can just imagine what's going through people's minds as they're in the middle of turn one thinking, oh my God, I got to get down. This is it. It's happening. And then when they come off of turn two, they only have so long to think, oh my God, I got to get the car slowed down. But you know what? The commitment line is going to be here before you know it. People are going to be mashing on the brakes and locking the wheels up. It I can is see gonna it It's going to be now. such a freaking I can cluster. See it. There are going to be wrecks getting onto pit road just like Daytona. It's, it's, it's going to be a not, cluster. But honestly, it's not just that, Matt. This, and this is the other thing that bothers me. And somebody did it. Somebody did the math and they like they were like, for the first round of green flag pit stops, if it even happens, the cars that get to pit road and get pit stops done, they're going to be like two or three laps down when they come back out. And this is where I, this is where safety comes into play for me. What about that pack of cars that comes off of pit road and starts going? What if the other pack, whoever else, the merge, the merge? <laughs> it's, the, you know, it's not just that. It's not just the merge no, that's going to no. happen because you can. You this can, is going to be such a. You can. You can. Put it on technology and try and break it down all day long of what it might be like when it's going to happen. Oh, two laps down. But until you actually see it in person of when it actually happens, you have to worry about the merge. But not only that, when those cars that come off pit road and then back in the pack and driving at God knows whatever speed, 180, 190 miles an hour, whatever it is. What about those other cars that are, what if those other cars that haven't been yet are so far in front that when they make the commitment line and they're driving at 55 miles an hour on the apron, what about the pack of cars that is driving by at 190 miles an hour in the turn what if somebody wrecks and hits a car doing 55 miles an hour you cannot tell me that is not dangerous and i don't know if anyone's even thought of that yet i don't know but that's what i thought right away i was like oh my god what if somebody's down there i mean we think about it like this okay yeah somebody's had problems at Daytona talladega before and the field goes blowing by them while they're on the apron but like what if this happens i mean this is a mile and a half track Dude, I mean, let's be real. Mistakes happen at this track. I mean, come on. This is going to be the biggest cluster. Because now if you I'm make wrong, a great oh point. Oh my God. But no, you make a great point. You make such an argument at the point because I never thought of, oh, what if they wreck in the turn three and four and old poor BJ McLeod's there just kind of minding his own business. I'm just on the pit road. I'm on you pit have road. To think of it and like he that. wrecks them. I mean, you're talking about one car at Daytona that could be on the apron, but you're talking about multiple cars that have to hit a commitment line. 
when everybody's going to try and pit at one time oh for, to stay in a pack. I have never you're talking ever, about, I didn't even think you're of going, that. You're not talking about one car. You're talking about like five, 10, maybe even 15 cars on the apron, all at 55 miles an hour, whatever pit road speed is going to be. I didn't even think of that. And not once did I think of that because I thought about just now is, is the cars coming off of pit road. Yeah, the merge. And the, and the, and the merge. Oh my God. Could you imagine? Freaking like, I'm sure somebody has done the math and has put it out there that, oh, there was no way that the merge could happen. But it could. It's, it Let's could. be real. You can't base everything off technology and how simulations run because when it's the real world, the real world throws different scenarios out right out there. I mean, it, it could be anything. Oh my god! Just imagine the merge. Oh my God. When, I didn't even think of it like that when you brought it up. I was like, oh my God, Matt's right. What about the merge? I'm like, boy, I'm going way off. I'm about to bring something else up. And Matt is like, the merge. And I'm like, oh my God, that's another thing. <laughs> Holy crap. Okay. Okay. If something happens this weekend- Make sure to go to our stores at Teespring and Bonfire because we're going to have the merge oh. <laughs> at Atlanta t-shirts. It's going to happen, folks. It's going to happen. I promise you. Oh, we're going to have merch. I, 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 I honestly hope that I'm wrong and it somehow no. goes off without a hitch, if but it I just can't off, see it happening like that. It, it's not going to go off without a hitch. I could already tell. I mean, before we even thought about the merge, before I even thought about the cars coming on the pit road and doing yeah. all that stuff, I've just thought it is going to be a cluster trying to slow down off the back stretch going 190 you have to start slowing down in one and two yeah i guess i'm thinking they have yeah. to it's got to be like what i'm pretty sure it was like 190 miles an hour it's got to be or at least 180 still even 170 that's that's a lot to oh go my from gosh it's gonna be and so that, bad and so many feet on the back stretch i just oh yikes it's gonna be so bad for once nascar might actually strike on something and be like oh especially after the first time it's something bad oh, could you imagine you remember when the whole thing happened at Indy Road Course the first time they ran it and, and the whole jumping of the curves and stuff and they decided, okay, we got to take these out. Oh, in the middle of the race? In the middle of the race. Yeah. It's going to be like that. They're going to change up the rules and guess what? Drivers are going to be mad. Fans are going to be like, well, why didn't you think of this before? I just, but remember, you heard it first here at Rambling About Racing. I just couldn't. I just, I did, just It blew my mind. I was like, oh, yeah, not a big deal. Hit the commitment line. Surely they're got to be doing some kind of speed around there. Then when they said, "Well, <laughs> nope, that's bit road speed," yikes! That's uh, yeah, two or three laps down. Oh, just imagine. Ugh. I, I've already. I, and I'll have to wait I, and see, as we yeah, always. We're say. We're gonna have to uh, wait and see, as we always say. But I I'm. Like I'm gonna leave it here on this one before we get into our Formula One preview. What do you expect and see? Considering this is gonna be the third race at this current track configuration at Atlanta. What are you expecting to see? I think we've already kind of saw it with this commitment cone, the pit road commitment thing. We were expecting to see something we probably haven't seen before, but we warned you, NASCAR, that we're, it's going to be interesting to see. I expect to see nothing but a, a condensed version, a shorter version of Daytona and Talladega, just like we saw yeah, the it, past couple of years, yeah, or the past couple of races, I exactly. should say. Exactly. It'll probably start off a little slow. Guys just... Working it in, you know, trying to figure it out. Will there be some passing? I'm sure there will be. I mean, it'll be slow. And then towards the end, you know, how it's like that typical super speedway race. Everything's all fine and dandy. We're just minding our own business. And then, oh, it's time to go. Well, guess what? All bets are off. And then I'm sure, you know, all the heck is going to break loose and car, people will be spinning. But, I mean, it probably won't even be, We'll probably be having issues before that with pit road. If they even have green flag pit stops, because I'm like I said, I think it was the last race somebody mentioned that there was no green flag pit stops. Anyways, is this NASCAR's way of saying, "Oh, we can have green flag pit stops here now"? 
I don't know. I mean, I I don't I don't like to wish bad on NASCAR and hope that things are wrong. But man, when you I, like, if you didn't do any of the math, like if you're just a fan that sees the picture right away, was I? That's what I want people at home to think of when they're watching, saying, "Boy, those guys aren't really thinking about it very well." But you have to think of it like this: when I saw the picture right away, I didn't do any thinking. I'm just thinking right off the top of my head. Boy, that seems really dangerous. Something just doesn't seem right about that. See, you thought it was really dangerous. I said, that's stupid. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't know, man. Well, I, I immediately was just that's like, just well, that's kind of awkward. But like immediately after saying, oh, that's kind of awkward. I'm just like, uh, how is that really going to play out? And I was like, not well. Yeah, well, like I said, I didn't think of dangerous until they said, well, that's pit road speed. And I was like, uh, oh, oh, boy. Uh -oh. <laughs> yeah, you get, to, you get the eyes wide. Uh oh, <laughs> yikes. That's not going to be fun. <laughs> All right. Anything else about Atlanta? No. No, okay. I did no. nothing else. It's going to be interesting to see. Your wheelhouse now, Mr. Formula One guy. Saudi Arabian Grand Prix coming up this week, and after a couple of weeks off after the Bob Rainey Grand Prix, who do we need to watch out for going into Saudi Arabia? I hope that it's not a one-off. I might want to say Aston Martin. I, let's be real. I want to say Aston Martin. I don't want to say it's a one-off because, like I said before, during the preseason testing, Aston Martin was talked about a lot. And people were like, oh, boy, this is it. This may, Maybe this is finally the year, which I understand they had to get some. Maybe not the year, but. They had to get some things up and running when they, you know, the new the team rebranded from Racing Point, and they didn't have all the facilities yet, and I don't think everything's completely built yet. But they made up a big time difference between last year's preseason testing, and everyone's like, oh, boy, Aston Martin's kind of near the top. And I was like, okay, well, let's, let's slow the roll down. Let's get to Bahrain first and see what happens. And then, boy, they blew me away in qualifying, first of all, especially with Lance Stroll, who had who got in an accident and had to have surgery on his hand, and he still drove the race. Still showed up, drove the race, and finished top 10 and qualified very well. But, man, Fernando Alonso was like, yo, <laughs> oh, my beer, watch this. And this man's driving the heck out of the car and got podium. Third place in his first race with Aston Martin. I hope it's not a one-off, but I really think Aston Martin needs to be watched again this week. I, I agree there. Of course, they're my second one. Of course, everybody's gonna all our eyes are gonna be on Red Bull for Saffron Perez. Right. Yeah. They're they're gonna every all eyes are on them ever since what for Sappen did twenty twenty one winning the net, winning the drivers championship. Red Bull, yeah. Unless they un, 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 barring any un, unforeseen offense, Red Bull's the one to watch. But I did put down Aston Martin. Alonzo blew me away. I picked him to win. I didn't think he'd even have pee on the sniffing of the podium. But watching that race, it was a great race because of that. Perez and Verstappen were gone. The battle was for third. Alonzo won that battle. He did a great job of coming back and passing Mercedes. I hope it's not a one-off. They're second in the Constructors' Championship now. Red Bull... Might not need to watch out for them. They don't. They have the target on their back, but I don't think Red Bull needs to watch out for them. But you know who does? Ferrari, Mercedes. They need to watch out for this team. Yep. Because now they're they showed their hand. Stroll's a great driver. Unfortunately, he's not a hundred percent. I don't know if he's a hundred percent now going into Saudi Arabia. But Alonso showed. I still got it. Yep. Watch out for them. Aston Martin. I completely agree with you there. Second one, the flip side of that coin. Well, actually, can oh, I stop you there? Absolutely. Go ahead, man. I actually wrote down two teams to watch out for. See, I wrote down two teams, too. One was Red Bull. The other one was... Williams. Williams. They 
Do explain. Yes, it's <laughs> I love it. Do explain. Alexander Albon finished tenth. They got a point for them. They have points for once. After the first race, firing is just one. But Logan Sargent, twelfth place finish in his first race. I think yeah. Williams is starting to slowly get back in the groove of things. I'm not going to say it's. Oh my God! Look out! But like, I think we need to w- keep an eye on them. See what happens in Saudi Arabia. Maybe they sneak in another point. Maybe they have good qualifying, something, or maybe Logan Sargent finishes between tenth and fifteenth again. I mean, I would take that as a win if I'm Williams. Are you kidding me? Right after after a couple seasons ago, where they were like dead last all the time. You now answer me this, and I don't know if you know it offhand. If not, you can find out next week's episode. When was the last time Williams, prior to Bahrain this season, scored a point? Oh, I. I mean, I don't I know. I don't remember off the top of my head. You'd probably have to. Oh, he probably has to go back a couple of years, I think, for right. sure, easily. Because I never even saw them even close to the front. No. I mean, for the last couple of seasons, they were almost like dead last no, all the time. They were a joke on yeah. the grid. Absolutely. That was when they ended up selling to all those, you know, selling, you know, getting a new right. uh, CEO or whatever. Right. So, yeah. <clears throat> kept a name, though. Glad they kept a name. Yeah. So those are the teams to watch out for who we expect to be up there on the grid, towards the front of the grid. Coming up here, maybe not Williams up there to the front, but in yeah. contention to score points. What teams need to rebound after Bahrain? It's an easy one, McLaren. I McLaren. I think McLaren. Yeah, well, yeah McLaren. DNF, and then of course Lando Norris had that in, engine issue as well. <clears throat> I think McLaren is definitely the team that needs to rebound. But I want to say Ferrari, but it's not entirely a whole team issue. Yeah, I guess you could say it's a whole team issue. It's just bad luck again with. Right. Engine issues again, man. Carlos Sainz finished. Yeah, he it's finished. Keep, keeping them afloat. Yeah, but, man, I just, I think it's the bad luck. I, th- I really think it's bad luck. I mean, they have a new team principal. Well, um, um, I can't remember. Uh, Fred, I don't know how to say his last name. It's like Vissior. He came from Alfa Romeo last year. And he's good. He's a great-minded person. Very smart. I just think it's bad luck. I just think Ferrari just has this weird bad luck with thing with them. So I would have to say McLaren and probably Ferrari. Haas, I wouldn't say a rebound because I wasn't really expecting a whole lot of them either. It, even though they had a great qualifying run with Nico Hulkenberg, but Nico got into that. He had contact right at the start of the race, which messed everything up. I mean, the front wing, I mean, they had to change it at some point. So that threw off everything. I'll throw Haas in there too. I think I. They could use a rebound. All right. I agree with you on both ones, Ferrari and Haas. Ferrari, you need both cars in the points. Yes. You, I, Williams did a good job of keeping one car, having one car in the points. That's not going to do it. That's not going to put you up to constructor standings. You need both cars in the points, preferably top fives and definitely podiums throughout the course of the race weekend. Ferrari, they, they need that. Carlos Sainz can carry this team. Charles Leclerc, the prodigy, we, they talked about him a long time before he entered into that seat. Needs to show that he's meant to stay in that seat because Ferrari will most likely say, if he doesn't perform, you're gone, yeah. as they should, and give it to someone else who can perform. You could say it's a team issue. You could say it's a car. You could say it's a driver. All those things combine to make a – a consistent organization in Formula One. Hulkenberg with Haas. Big news. Coming out of retirement, coming back into Formula One. Him and Kevin Magnuson 
are not rookies. No. They're veterans of the sport. They they need to step up and act like veterans. Qualifying is great. A team that qualifies fifth that normally doesn't qualify fifth has a reason to celebrate. But as you like to say, and as Lee Corso likes to say, not so fast. Not so fast. <laughs> it doesn't matter where you start. It matters where you finish. And if you don't finish in the points, barring anything outside anybody's control, engines fail, transmissions fail, accidents happen on the start. Bad pit stops happen. But it's time to rebound. Yes, it is. Unfortunately, it isn't like NASCAR where everybody gets points and you could rebound towards throughout the course of the season. No, you got to rebound now. Oh, by race five, there's no way you're going to be in contention to do anything as far as constructor standings. You you, you bring up a good point. At, I look at the standings, and Ferrari's sitting in fourth in the constructor standings. Fourth in the constructor 12 standings. points. And who's first? Red Bull with 43. It's like you can't afford to miss a week. Because one and two. They finished one and two. Yep, that's right. And there's only so many points that get given for the top 10, but yep. especially first place with like 25, and then second place gets like 18. Yeah, but at the same time, Red Bull did it. Yeah. Run one, two. Max you have points. To, you, have to, you have to have both cars up there in points no matter what. Yep. Ferrari's already, you could say, is in a hole. I mean, we have to see what happens with the next race. I mean, still. They're in a hole. They're in a hole. Mercedes had to, both cars finish in the points. 16 points, though. But both cars finish in the That's points. Right. Yeah. Just saying, man. It's mm. going to be interesting to watch yeah. here. Hopefully, like I said last week in the, or the week before, I think you were on there. Verstappen doesn't run away with it. We see a good great season and him not secure the championship with five races to go, but I'm not going to hold your breath, hold my breath on that one there. <laughs> Preston. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anything else regarding F1? Uh, no, no. All right. Start times coming up here. We'll start off with NASCAR cup series Sunday, March 19th at 3 PM Eastern standard time on Fox will be the race from Atlanta. Xfinity race and trucks will be racing the double header starting off with the trucks March 18th. That's a Saturday at 2 PM Eastern standard time on FS one. Right after that, it's going to be the Xfinity race Sunday, Saturday, March 18th at 5 PM Eastern standard time on FS one formula one kicking off going Lights out at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on ESPN. That's Sunday, March 19th. Race winners for Cup, Xfinity, Truck, and Formula One. Preston, do you want to go or do you want me to go? I can go first. I'll go first. Okay, go first. Uh, uh, <clears throat> we just want to Cup, Xfinity. We're just going to go straight down the list? Or how do you want to do yeah, it? Let's just go straight down the list unless you want to do Cup. We'll go one-on-one. -on -one. We'll go one for one. We'll start off with Cup. Okay. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going Kyle Busch this weekend. Okay. I think, I mean, he proved that he was not bad at Daytona, considering now, like I said, like we said before, it's a mile and a half Atlanta, even though it's kind of like super speedway racing. I, I think Kyle Busch, I, I have confidence in Kyle Busch this weekend. All right, Kyle Busch. Chevy with another win. Okay, I'm with you with the Chevy. How else? However, I'm going to stick with the consistent team that's staying up there, and that is Hendrick, and the team within there, Kyle Larson. I like it. Kyle Larson okay, gets good. it done here at Atlanta for me. Well, <laughs> I, I've been off the last couple of weeks here. Xfinity. I'm going Justin Allgaier. I'm actually going to pick Justin Allgaier and Junior Motorsports rebounds. This is it. This is where this is where the ship gets righted. Nope. <laughs> not this. Like not not this weekend, buddy. Because 
Austin Hill continues his dominance and wins at Atlanta for the Xfinity nice. Series race. Truck Series. I, I, I had to look over it for a minute, and I was like, man, you know, I wanted, I want to pick Zane Smith. I wanted to pick Trish Neckis, and I went, oh, you know what? I'm going Matt Crafton. Okay, this is why I definitely have backups, because I picked Crafton at first, too. My pick now, since you picked Crafton, and that's okay. Kyle Busch Motorsports, Chase Purdy. Ooh. Chase Purdy. Okay, all right. And finally, Formula One, Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. I didn't want to have to pick Red Bull. I picked Sergio Perez. Oh. I really wanted to go okay, with like that, that Aston Martin. Honestly, I really wanted to be like, oh, maybe Fernando Alonso. But I was like, eh, thinking about like no. Saudi Arabia, whoever's kind of starting towards the front may have a little bit more of an advantage because let's be real, we Saudi. I don't remember how many turns are in Saudi Arabia. I think it's like twenty-two or something like that. This, this is a, this is a, this is a streak. That's not really a street course, I guess you could say, but there's going to be a lot of turns. So there's a lot more wheeling and dealing these this week. So I would think whoever's kind of towards the front has got a better advantage, at least at the start, and can get away further. All right, Sergio Perez. Yeah, okay, Sergio Perez was my backup. So that's why I was like, oh, no. But now I realize he's in parentheses. And so Sergio, <laughs> Mercedes gets it done with Russell. Ooh, I like that pick. I, like, I would George, like to see George Russell. I, I want to see George Russell over Lewis Hamilton. Let's say that. I want to see a George Russell win. Okay, but I, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind seeing that this weekend. So those are our picks. Let us know what your picks are using hashtag What you think? Itm on all major so- social media podcast social media platforms. Anything else before we get into our final thoughts here, Preston? Nope. All right. Before we wrap up today's episode, I wanted to remind everyone out there about a partner that has been with Ramblin' About Racing since we were called In the Marbles Weekly Racing Podcast and since we were on the Unhinged Sports Network, and that is Fanatics. Fanatics is your one-stop shop for everything NASCAR, for your favorite driver's t-shirts, hoodies, hats, die cast, and so much more. But it isn't just NASCAR. I get my all my Alabama Crimson Tide gear from there as well as my Washington Capitals gear there as well one-stop shop for everything you need any type of sport you need links can be found under the sponsor tab at ramblingaboutracing.com as well as the under the podcast description and youtube description depending on whether you're watching or listening to rambling about racing head over there right now get your favorite sports gears need for this upcoming season Final thoughts on this week's episode of Rambling About Race. And again, if you joined us on your regular podcast platform or or on YouTube, really do appreciate you taking the time to join myself and Preston for the first time in the ITM Media Studios in a long time. Last time you were here, it was summertime. It was quite warm. Yeah. I have yet to hook up that nice little heater right there on the wall. Oh, you didn't really think you would need to, but... I thought we were in summertime. Living in South Carolina, you go through a lot of fall seasons. So. We we were in the. I saw this great meme. It was it, it made perfect sense. We were in summertime. We were in springtime. We sprung forward too hard, 
back to winter. <laughs> that's yeah. the only way we could put yeah. it. That's the only way I could put it right now. Yeah, it's 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 weird, it, isn't it? It's just we, like, we're under a freeze warning today. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be like thirty two degrees in the morning. A great time. Maybe not a great time. Maybe now it's not a great time to head over to your Teespring and Bonfire store for rambling about racing and buy a hoodie or a sweatshirt. Because then you might not use it again till. But that's okay. You'll you'll have October, it when you need it. You will. Like in this case. What tonight. if all of a sudden it's just cold again? Oh yeah, I know. Well, it's a good thing I have my rambling about racing hoodie. Yeah, that I bought months ago. That's right. Or maybe and while a beanie. you're over there, I wish, wish we a, had a beanie. While you're over there, just get a t-shirt then too, because summertime's coming up. Or or uh, or, or beer mug. Well, that's it. Yeah, of course. Pine you're glass. Gonna, it's summertime. You're gonna have to sport your shirt and. Drink a beer while you're watching the race, duh. Yeah, while you're grilling out, at exactly. least. I don't know. Oh, oh I've missed you for asking. I've missed oh. you. you. You pitch it so much better <laughs> than anybody else. I'm dogging them. But this week, uh, final thoughts here. Finally got into good show. Great show. Great having you back, man. It's definitely great to see you here in the studio. So we had to call an audible there and bring you here, but no problem here. I'm going to leave it up to you. Final thoughts. Uh, Fantasy standings or this week in NASCAR? We'll go fantasy standings first. Fantasy standings first. Go ahead and let us know what we did. Because I finally, this week, created my lineup. Let's see if I jumped in the standings. Wait a minute. Are you saying that you forgot to create your lineup half the time? For the past two weeks. Oh, my gosh. You fell down. Well, I... It doesn't matter. You might have jumped. I don't know. Let's see here. So, technically, we have like 16 people in the league, but two of them at the bottom aren't participating they have zero points so let's just say we have 14 people which is more than last year that's right more than last year uh bringing up the real field in 14th smoking woody with 531 points 13th is i don't even know how to pronounce that ts promo d that's a weird name to put uh 560 points uh charlie chuck 83 84 sitting 12th with 581 points defending champion by yes, the way defending champion by the way uh sitting 11th is grocery getter six at 608 points uh, oh, there you are. Number 10, uh, Ogbeam, 22. That's you, right? 609 points. Yeah, that's me. Uh, sitting ninth is uh, Sissy K with 617 points. Eighth is B Nun 3 with 639. I don't even know who half of these people are, honestly. That's okay, man. They're all in it for a $200 Amazon gift card that's this right. year. That's right. Yours truly sits seventh SMR operations at 661 points. I feel like I haven't really moved very much. I feel like I'm probably dropping at this point. Sitting sixth, Super Sumo 32 with 668 points. Uh, number five is DraftKings Research Lineup, 669 points. I'm dying to know who that is. Uh, number four is S Blades with 678 points. Number three is my brother, Money Team Moon Rovers at 684 points. What a name. <laughs> really good one. Number two, Matt Camper at 698 points. And then number one, the Sports Stove. Sitting at 724 points. That is a podcast that is on Belly Up Sports. Uh, the Belly Up so Sports we have Network. another podcast that's coming here and is beating us at our own game. I see how it is. You know what we need to do is go in there and play fantasy football. <laughs> I'm, I'm not the best fantasy football I'm not person, either. I can tell you it's right now. It's clear that I'm not the best fantasy NASCAR person. Well, well. I, you know, I'll, I'll throw this in there for you. You know, in my fantasy football season this past year, uh, there's like a t- it's like 12 guys who've been doing it since high school and I fell to 0 and 6 to start the season. 
And there's only like 13 games in the regular season because they have to do playoffs in the regular NFL season. And I finished a 7-6. and six. I came all the way back and had like a 7-game winning streak. So I guess I was somewhat decent at fantasy football for once. If you would have just... <laughs> made the playoffs. I, that was a win for me. <laughs> if you would have just kept that up. Now answer me this. I know I asked you a few weeks ago. What's the deal with uh, your SMR... R and D. Oh, Maples. Yeah, what's the I deal with Maples? Know. I don't know why he's not. Uh, I he don't just, know why he's not playing. He just disappeared off of our all of our social media. I don't know. He's probably busy or something. So he he's just a busy man. So he says, "I'm just not going to follow rambling about racing anymore." I, I I don't know. You might have to ask him that. I'm, he's your friend. <laughs> he's my fan, but your friend. I I don't know how else to put that, buddy. I'm just saying. Uh <laughs> Let him know we're talking about him on the show. Maybe he'll follow us back or just say, no, nah, heck with these guys. I'll let him know. Okay. Because you let him know that. I keep track of that. <laughs> I keep track of the numbers on social media, YouTube, <laughs> the plays we get. I keep track of everything. When I see someone dip away, I'm like, who dipped away? And it's like, oh, there's Maples. I'm like, all right. That's watching. Yeah. Every I've, move. <laughs> big brother right here, man. <laughs> big brother. All right. We'll just cut off with. We'll just cut off with that shenanigans here and go this week in NASCAR, March 16th, 1980. Sophomore Dale Earnhardt fins off a pesky Rusty Wallace to score his first super speedway victory in the Atlanta 500. I'm sure they didn't have pit lane commitment issues back in 1980. <laughs> no, they did not. The track was also not configured the way it is now either. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Earnhardt comes from the 31st starting position to beat Wallace by 9.55 seconds. Wallace was making his NASCAR Winston Cup Grand National debut in a Chevy owned by Roger Penske. And that happened this day in NASCAR, March 16th, 1980. Well, Roger Penske and Chevy. I mean, Roger Penske and Dodge, too, and then Roger Penske and Ford. <laughs> so, Agreed. Yeah, so that would be weird to see. But Preston, thanks for showing up, man. Is hey, there... man, thanks for having me. No, I appreciate it. What man. an audible that was called. Hey, man, might as well just come here. And I know it's starting to get cold here. I was and... like, okay, sure. Start... <laughs> and you're in shorts and a hoodie here in the IT Media Studio. Yeah, you like I... my blue shorts. It's pretty nice. I man. mean, yeah, but you got to be you got to be starting to get cold. No, I'm fine. You're high. <laughs> There's no way I'm Not freezing. Quite. <laughs> I'm in jeans, a jacket, and I'm cold. There's no way that... Uh, no, I don't have any problem. I actually would wear shorts until it's like 30 degrees outside. Well, careful what you wish for, because guess what? It's going to be tonight. I'm going to wear shorts tomorrow, too. Okay. Well, better you than me. I know. Okay. <laughs> well, well, Preston, anything else before we wrap it up here on this week's episode of Rambling About Racing? Thanks again for showing up, yeah, man. Yeah. Sorry that Charlie and Austin couldn't be here. That would have made the show a lot more interesting. I'm sure a lot more inside would have been fed into that one good luck to charlie kicking off the cup light series season this friday around 6 6 30 he said around the time central standard time we'll make sure to share the links on all social media platforms so you can watch that 83 cup light car hopefully win and to kick off the season and at that point if he wins he's going to say well rambling about racing has been bringing me all the luck bad luck oh and he won't be back on the show, but we hope to have, have those guys back on next week covering Atlanta. Preston, anything else before we wrap it up here? Uh, nope, that's it. 
I got nothing. All right, buddy. Well, with that being said, thanks for getting for showing up. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up on this episode of Rambling About Racing. Thanks again so much for everybody tuning in, whether you're on your regular podcast platform or on YouTube. Really do appreciate you taking the time to listen to us ramble about racing. I'd like to thank our partners for the show, Devos Outdoor Lighting, Extreme Sim Racing, Fanatics, and Stand Up to Cancer for all they do, not only for rambling about racing, but for what they do for Belly Up Sports as well. Make sure to go ahead over to ramblingaboutracing.com to links to all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube for the latest and greatest in the world of auto racing or to see what's going on in our lives. For Preston Lude, P underscore Luda, I'm Matt Beamer, and Beamer 22 All those are on Twitter. Stay safe, and we'll see you after Atlanta and Saudi Arabia. Have a good week, people.